Hello, I'm Justin Bibby. I'm an Assistant Chief Constable at Staffordshire Police. Thanks for downloading this episode of The Beat podcast, a discussion focusing on police and crime prevention in Staffordshire. To learn more about the topics discussed in the podcast, please visit the Staffordshire Police website or get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Alternatively, you can contact us by email at thebeatpodcast at staffordshire.pnn.police.uk. There'll be opportunities for you to get involved and ask questions, but please remember that our inboxes are not constantly monitored and that the Beat podcast is not a suitable place to report information about crime or safety concerns. As always, you can do that by calling 999 or 101 or contacting us via our digital channels and social media. Hello, Staffordshire Police. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Beat Podcast by Staffordshire Police. I'm Tom Bushell and for today's episode we're focusing on the world of County Lines activity and how we as a force deal with the issue. I'm today joined by Detective Superintendent Rob Taylor who's the force lead for drugs and Detective Inspector Lucy Maskew from the Child Protection Exploitation Team. Thank you both very much for joining me. Um, Firstly to you Rob, we hear the phrase county lines used quite a lot when it comes to policing and the public will be aware of it being an area of concern not just here for us in Staffordshire, but nationally as well. For those who don't know what it is, can you just describe what you mean when you talk about county lines activity and what does it actually involve? Yeah, good morning, Tom. Uh, county lines is um, basically the the selling of illegal drugs um, by organised crime groups. Um, those crime groups often come from the bigger um, parts of the country, whether that be London, the West Midlands uh, or Manchester. Um, but they use a, a deal line um, by um, approaching and infiltrating um, children from um, smaller cities and smaller towns um, to sell drugs on their behalf. So ultimately expanding their market. Brilliant. And, and how do we go about tackling this as a force? There are many different elements of a county lines investigation, isn't there? Yeah, well, often um, we don't realise as a county line actually operating uh, within um, our force area uh, until we start to see uh, elements of street level uh, criminality, whether that be an increase in antisocial behaviour, an increase in uh, personal robbery or or elements of violence, which is often blamed on urban street gangs or gang activity. Um, It's only then when we start to delve a little bit deeper into why this activity is taking place. Uh, that we realise there's potentially a counter line um, operating uh, within our area. Okay, Lucy, Rob mentioned about young people being involved in this sort of crime. They're often the ones exploited by those at the top of these county lines chains. Can you explain the mentality of the children involved in county lines and how do they actually become involved and, and why are they targeted? I think what's important to realise uh, with county lines is children can be targeted for as young, uh, from as young as 10. I mean, typically they are generally between 14 and 17. I think what's important as well, it isn't just specific to uh, one gender either. It can be boys or girls uh, that can be targeted. And often these kids are very vulnerable uh, from the outset. Sometimes they don't have strong family uh, connection. So it's easy for these individuals to target them because they're looking for 
somewhere to belong. Some of them have typically been in the care system and um, or, they, or they've been missing. And when they've been missing, they've been targeted by these individuals. Um, or they've, they've been in uh, family networks where there's been violence in the family and these people target them for, for these vulnerabilities um, in their life. Um, so, but I, th I think it is important to realise it isn't just these groups of people uh, that are targeted, but generally, um, if there has been something um, in their earlier childhood uh, that makes them easier to be targeted, uh, it was happening that way. And Lucy, how do you go about safeguarding those at risk? Uh, am I right in saying you, you've got these specially trained officers that kind of work closely with, with the children who have been targeted? Yeah, we have uh, a range of uh, officers that are trained to work uh, with children who are exploited in this way. I think it's important to highlight that it isn't just the police who are working with these children. We work with other partners such as Catch-22 uh, and social care and try to build good relationships with the children because they're not always your typical victim. They don't always want to tell us what's been going on uh, in their life. And uh, sometimes they see the benefit of working with a county line. They get money, they get clothing, which they haven't had uh, in other parts of their life. So sometimes they don't want to talk to us. Um, so we, we try and work with and look at areas where we can improve their lives and bring them on side, uh, such as looking at their education, getting them back into education, um, getting them on apprenticeships, looking at ways that we can improve their life, uh, getting them to work with counsellors, uh, people like that. Because um, for us, getting their lives back on track is the priority um, and improving their lives, really. And you mentioned there about the work you do with other partners. How important is that partnership work to obviously protecting those at risk of County Lines activity? It's critical because um, as an organisation, we hold uh, intelligence and information uh, on people. But what we need to be aware of is these other partners, such as education, social care, they also hold vital information that allows us to target and divert these kids away uh, from these groups. We can look at, they can share information with us around areas that have been targeted uh, where these people are recruiting them. And when we come together as a group, we can share this and we can work together to have a collective plan uh, to find the best way to uh, divert the children. Rob, what sort of things do your teams look for when you're working out who's involved in this type of crime? I'm not I'm not talking um, the, the, the young people side, but, but those kind of more at the top of the chain. Yeah, it's important to point out, Tom, that sometimes the, the first time that we have dealings with people involved in county lines, so selling drugs on behalf of the gangs, uh, will be when they're committed a criminal activity, whether that be a criminal offence such as robbery um, or being caught in possession of drugs. Um, they still have to be dealt with. Uh, for those offences um, because some of the offences that are committed uh, are serious so we make sure that our teams um, deal with the investigation properly and robustly but ultimately they follow up with the question why and that's where the work with partners uh, with these individuals especially the vulnerable ones uh, really helps because that's where we start to understand um, who is actually making the money um, and actually being the ones responsible for the increase in, in crime and criminality within the area. So 
uh, ultimately by asking the question why and trying to understand the background and understand who's putting pressure on these individuals, we then start to find out uh, who are the influencers and the main uh, criminals within the organised crime groups. And that allows us then to target them because uh, ultimately, if we don't target those at the top of the chain who are making the most money, uh, then ultimately the kids will just be replaced um, and it'll be a constant cycle uh, of criminality within our community areas. And Rob, am I right in saying that often these groups are a very large, you know, well-run, with all due respect, organisations, aren't they? So Sometimes. Um, I mean, they, they generally start within a, a geographical area, but as they um, increase their success, that's where their reach uh, expands. Uh, and sometimes the uh, groups within um, the big metropolitan cities uh, have been doing this for a long time and it's a tried and trusted uh, formula for them. And they, they rely on the fact that the children are vulnerable and that they're not going to tell um, and they, 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 um, they're not going to speak to adults. And they haven't, as, as Lucy said, they haven't got the, the family support network uh, to protect them from the influence of these gangs. Um, and that's why, um, really, we've got to make sure that we adopt a robust approach where we can to dealing with these things. Um, um, because if we don't, then our children are at risk. Um, and I'm very pleased to say that within Staffordshire over the last two years, we've had a lot of success um, in protecting children and ultimately shifting the focus to the organised crime groups. And... Lucy, we, we've mentioned about the, the type of, of child, child that is traditionally targeted by, by, by these groups. What signs do people, parents, schools, friends need to look out for if, if, if they believe their child is, is involved in this sort of thing? Or even if they don't believe they're involved in it, what sort of signs should, should be a red flag for, for these people? There are a number of red flags that, that we look at in relation to identifying these uh, children. We discuss them with the schools and parents and try and raise awareness of this. Things like uh, miss, unexplained missing episodes, um, kids going missing for a number of hours, you're not knowing where they are. And sometimes these mess, missing episodes, as the, um, the people higher up the chain get greater control of the children, these missing episodes um, get longer. Um, things like having money, uh, that you don't know where that money's come from, uh, new phones, new clothing. Um, if parents' uh, children are turning up with these goods that they have no explanation as to where they came from and they don't have a job, um, they need to be exploring where all these new things are coming from. The kids, as the um, leaders get a greater control of them as well, and they become more secretive uh, in their behaviour. They're getting messages uh, from people that um, their parents uh, or their carers don't generally know about. And often there's a decline in sometimes their physical appearance or their emotional behaviour. Um, what we have to understand is these are kids, and sometimes emotionally they don't know how to deal with this situation. They become trapped in. Um, so they do uh, act out. Sometimes they become more aggressive because they don't know how to get out of the situation. So sometimes their schoolwork declines, their attendance at school declines as well. There's a variety of factors uh, that both the education sector, carers, parents can look at, out for 
uh, in identifying uh, this type of crime. Just more specifically, the role of schools and the the relationship they have with the their students and police is is vital in all this because obviously parents have have one role, but but schools and young people's peers and fellow students, etc., they all have a role to play, don't they? You know, what should they do if if they think that someone is at risk? I, I would suggest they need to be talking uh, in the schools. Uh, the schools get to know these children uh, really well, so sometimes they're spending all day with them, and sometimes they notice the decline uh, in that behaviour. Have that conversation uh, with the child. Talk to them uh, about what's going on in their life. It's, if it's a peer, talk to your friends. Try and explore why uh, they're doing what they're doing, and then confide in a trusted adult uh, who can um, either speak to the police or can other agencies uh, that can help to put support in place uh, for them. Yeah, so just speak to a trusted adult and obviously explore what's going on um, in, in the child's life. Brilliant. And, and Rob, just on to the intelligence and kind of enforcement side of this all, if, if I may. Um, firstly, what sort of things are you looking out for? And then when, that, when you get that intelligence and you obtain all that information, how do you then use it to intervene in... in in this county lines activity yeah so a lot of the things that lucy's just talked about there are really important in relation to intelligence gathering um and i think it expands further than schools i think the whole community really has a responsibility to look after our children within staffordshire um because um we are working with them on a regular basis so for example um sports clubs football teams cricket teams these are all um organizations that have access to children and we'll be able to spot signs um, if uh, certain kids start to fail up to turn for training or their attitude has changed or conversations take place within the group um, around uh, new uh, sporting equipment that they've got or et cetera, et cetera. And it's the ability then as to what those adults uh, can do with that information uh, once they get it. Um, and as Lucy says, really, um, it doesn't matter who in a position of responsibility you contact as long as you do because it's at that stage where the intelligence starts to develop. Um, and we will never um, directly put a child at risk. Um, we will always look at all investigative opportunities around um, the um, wider scale investigation to try and make sure that the children are safeguarded. Um, ultimately. Uh, there are lots of ways that we can gather evidence, um, but we need to know it's going on in the first place. So we really need to know, know uh, where to look uh, and where to put our focus. Rob, what would you say to those people who are listening to this, who, because of the questions you've answered and the, and the way you've answered them, have, have now got a, a good idea of what County Lines activity is, but are now maybe possibly a little more wary, maybe a little uh, scared about the prospect of of their child, their friend's child, their nephew, their niece getting involved in this sort of thing. What would you say to them to kind of allay any fears that they might have? I think ultimately children um, at that age are very easily influenced. Uh, As Lucy says, the the age is generally between 14 and 17. It can be a little bit younger, but they are easily influenced. Uh, And we need to give them a choice. Um, and then if we're not listening uh, to those children, if we're not aware of the signals that they're giving off, 
um, and we're not recognising the risk that they're putting themselves in, um, then we really need to be because it just takes a conversation sometimes uh, from a trusted adult um, just to put somebody back on the straight and narrow um, or to find the help that that person needs. Um, it's often um, quite sad, really, that the first time we find out that children are being exploited by gangs is when they've been arrested for a serious offence like a robbery. Um, that should never be the case because the people who know those children best uh, would have known a change of their behaviour much, much earlier. And what we're saying is, as soon as you start to uh, fear that they're putting themselves at risk or who they're knocking about with or who they're contacting online um, and they're starting to not trust that they're telling you the truth, it's a time really just to reach out to a professional, whether that be at the school, whether that be social services or whether that will be us. And Lucy, just in terms of those who do slip into this county lines activity, how difficult can it be for the likes of yourself and your teams and the police and other partners to bring them back into, for want of a better phrase, to bring them back into society as as they were before they got into this. It, it's different. It is very. It is difficult because uh, the child in their head they become trapped, and as I say, they aren't your typical uh, victim of this crime. Often they're withdrawn. It takes a lot of time to build that trust uh, with those individuals um, because they're often they're pulled into it by. Um, by feeling they're under debt uh, to these individuals or they've been involved in crime and they fear by coming forward to us and saying, help me, that they're going to also get in trouble. So they feel trapped that they can't step away from it. And also sometimes they threaten their families and they feel if they speak to us about what's going on, uh, that they're putting their families at risk. So we... uh, as partners as a whole, are trying to build a relationship with these kids to get them to step away, to trust us and to work with them to explore avenues where they can step away in the safest way possible, really. Um, So, yes, it is hard, but we have and are doing it and we can um, bring them away from uh, criminality and look at things like their education and getting them back on track for a better life. Because I think that's a very, very key point, isn't it, Rob, that, that Lucy's made, that there is this route out for, for those who do find themselves being dragged in, into this county lines activity. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, there's no glamour in, in the life that they're leading, especially if they are at the point where they are selling drugs uh, for a, a drugs line. It can often be... Uh, a 24-7 responsibility. Um, they run the risk of carrying drugs and being robbed themselves. Um, they run the risk of uh, obviously being in contact uh, with um, the drug-using community. Um, and it, it's not a life that is as glamorous as it is often painted. So they are reaching out for help. Now, as I said before, it isn't uh, the police wouldn't necessarily be the first person that, that they would reach out for. And this is why it's really important, um, whether it's the manager of a football team, uh, whether it's a, um, a teaching assistant at a school. Um, if somebody does say something that is slightly unusual, that starts to um, fall on your radar, that you th- they think they might be getting involved in stuff that they can't actually handle themselves, um, then please make a note of it and start to have conversations uh, with the 
partnerships uh, that have developed in Staffordshire uh, between the police, uh, child services and education uh, because um, we have had success. Uh, it is a good news story within Staffordshire. Um, the information and intelligence is, is rich um, and we have a community that trusts us that when they reach out for us, uh, we will uh, act on that information uh, and long may that continue. And Rob, you, you mentioned earlier in this chat that obviously county lines, drugs activity is linked to other major crimes, other major issues, you know, both nationally and locally. Is that partially to do with, with the way that this activity is carried out in terms of, I know from my experience and my knowledge of it, that the, the trains are used quite a lot. The railway services are, are used a lot. Can you just go into a little bit more detail about maybe where people might see this sort of thing so they can be a bit more vigilant when, when out and about and, you know, be able to come forward if they, if they do see anything? Yeah, so a pure county line will, will sometimes involve children from outside of our area being um, ferried, either that by them being given a, uh, a train ticket to go to a different area of the country to sell drugs. Uh, or being dropped off uh, in an area by uh, gang nominals uh, to then deal drugs um, within some of the villages uh, and areas within Staffordshire. Um, that does take place, uh, but equally, um, I think it's important that we recognise that our children are being approached uh, by these gangs um, and they are trying to groom our children uh, to sell drugs on their behalf. So um, whilst we can recognise uh, children from different areas and if we bump into them or if we see them we can make an approach check on their welfare it's equally as important uh, to just look after our own children really because um, they're the ones that are constantly being in, um, um, in contact with uh, the schools, um, the clubs, as we've talked about before. And Lucy, just my, my final question to you. As someone who, who works in this line of work, who deals with, with this sort of issue and, and focuses on, on the child element of this, what would you say to a child who might find themselves in, in this situation to let them know that there is that route out, as you mentioned before, the police are here to help. There are other partners that are, are there to help as well. Um, I would say um, if you're not happy with what's happening in your life, if you feel out of control uh, with what's going on, uh, reach out to somebody who you trust, a trust a trusted adult um it doesn't ne the the police don't necessarily have to be your port of call uh you can speak to other individuals in your life who can help you get out of this situation um it just needs to you just need to take that initial step really and um you will be the more the longer you stay within that uh, world the more trapped you'll become um so you just take that initial step and speak to someone about what's going on in your life. Brilliant. And, and Rob, finally to you, um, the force has come a really long way in tackling this type of crime, hasn't it? And obviously our intelligence, our knowledge of, of this type of activity is only going to strengthen, isn't it, going forward? Yes. Yeah, so uh, as you say, we, um, we've been tackling this issue head on for the last couple of years. Um, all officers... Um, whether that be uniformed officers or detectives uh, within Staffordshire have received training uh, in relation to county lines um, and they are available uh, for um, the community to speak to um, and discuss uh, this issue so 
if anybody's got any fears or needs any further information, um, you can speak to your local neighborhood officers. Um, there's information on our website, but equally there's information on uh, our partners' website within the local authority uh, or social services, uh, because it is a, a joined up approach that we've adopted. Um, it is a big issue, um, but we are sharing information with partners and we are tackling it together. Um, and that is why um, I feel we've been successful within Staffordshire uh, over the last couple of years in dealing with this problem. Brilliant stuff. That's all we have time for today. So thank you both to, to Rob and Lucy for joining me and for, for you guys for listening. If you have any questions about the issues discussed in today's podcast, then please feel free to contact us at thebeatpodcast at staffordshire.pnn.police.uk or visit the Staffordshire Police website for more information. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Beat Podcast, produced by Staffordshire Police. To learn more about the topics discussed in the podcast, including sources of help and support, please visit the Staffordshire Police website.